gospel for this day is from Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 2. Some Pharisees came, and to test Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. As if she, and if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. <clears throat> Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Most holy God, you speak to us today through the centuries. You break into our world, and your word for us is a confusing one, a hard one. Help us be open to it, O Lord, to what you are teaching. Help us to be freed by your word. Help us to see it as gospel. In your holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. Indeed, today our gospel lesson really has two stories embedded in it. The first of those stories seems not to apply to the second of those stories. Story one has to do with a group of Pharisees who came to Jesus and urgently asked Jesus a question. The Pharisees are always coming urgently to ask Jesus questions. They're always after him. They want to know the rule about marriage and divorce. Jesus, tell us the rule. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And of course, as soon as I read that, every Sunday that it comes up, people put their heads down because everyone in this room has been affected by divorce in some way. The Pharisees want to know what's the rule around that. Jesus looks at them and he knows what's in their heart. He knows that they really are a bit cynical with this question and they're not really that sincere. They want to easily be able to divorce and to stay within the community of the religious life that they've created. He knows that they have created a religion whereby it is analogous to a wall with gates in it. This wall on one side has the religious people, and on the other side of the wall are the non-religious people. And access to the religion, to the faith, means you go through a gate. And those gates are rules. What's the rule that allows you to go into the gate and be part of a proper religious community? 
So they're always asking Jesus about what's the rule? What's the rule around marriage and divorce? Jesus knew their cynicism too because he knew that they wanted to go just as the least amount of, of space and time into that wall as possible and still be there. What's the rule? What's the rule? They would ask questions like, what's the rule about money? How much money do I have to give to the temple? Jesus, what's the rule about how many times I have to worship and still be inside the wall? What's the rule about helping people? Do we help just people from our own group? I want to be inside that wall. Jesus looked at them, and he realized what they were doing. And he explodes their questions. He explodes these questions because he wants to redefine religion for them. Religion's not about these walls and these gates that you're creating. Religion's not about rules. You want rules? I'll give you rules. I'll give you rules that you and no one on earth will be able to follow. Maybe that'll wake you up. Okay, I'll give you a rule. You want a rule about marriage and divorce? Never have divorce ever in history. No one can ever get divorced. Okay, I'm not sure we can follow that one. You want a rule about money? I say, hmm, you need to give 100% of all your income and you need to borrow against the future and give that too. And they go, oh, wow, that's a tough rule. I'm not sure I can do that rule. You want a rule about attending worship? Well, I want you to attend the temple 12 hours each day, 365 days a year. Jesus, we can't do that. You want to help people only within your own group? I want you to help every single person everywhere in the world at the same time. If you read the New Testament carefully, the Pharisees often come up to Jesus asking him about rules, a rule-based religion. What are the rules? And he often explodes those questions, giving them something impossible. So it would slap them in the face, wake them up a little bit. Religion is not about walls. It's not about gates. It's not about what is the rule that allows you to be on the inside and everybody else on the outside. He knew that deep in their hearts, these Pharisees, as I said, wanted to be just a little bit inside the wall. They would give just the amount of money required and not one chuckle more. They wanted a rule about how many times to attend worship so they could do the bare minimum. I don't know if he woke them up or not. He's waking us up this morning. You've probably never thought about it this way before. It's a slap in our face, too. Because we often live by rule-based religion. We create our walls. We have our gates. Sometimes it's doctrines. Sometimes it's a style of worship. Jesus came to bring a revolution, a religious revolution, to redefine religion itself. Almost all religions put up walls to separate one people from another. You read the New Testament carefully, and it's not about walls. It's about Jesus breaking down those walls, making it wide open. There are no rules, no walls, no gates. You're free. I read, you know, about the Pharisees and how they create these walls, and <clears throat> I look at our own world, and 
the religion of Christianity itself. And I realized we're a lot like the Pharisees. We're doing it all the time. How many Christian denominations do you think they are, there are in the world? And every little group thinks that they're right. And what do the other groups think? That they're right. They're like the Pharisees, defining religion by a certain set of doctrines, rules, regulations. Jesus breaks them all apart. I've always been fascinated why we humans do that. Why do we become groupish? I read a book this week, a secular book, that helped me understand. A light bulb just popped on into my head after I read this book. It's by a guy named Jonathan H-A-I-D-T, Haidt. He's a doctor of psychology and anthropology, and he's studied this dynamic in human nature for many years, and his book is recently published. The title of the book is The Righteous Mind, and he wrote it primarily because he's observed the tremendous political polarization that's going on in our country today. And he asks himself the question, why do we do this? Why do we separate ourselves into one group of people absolutely convinced that we are right and another group of people absolutely convinced that we are right? And Dr. Haidt went way back in history and he studied human beings all the way back to the time of the Neanderthals. And this was a fascinating thing he taught. He said that in our early history, we human beings lived in groups to survive. We had to be part of a tribe, a clan, a group, a gathering of people. And we competed with other groups. And it was a matter of life and death depending upon how well our group did, our tribe, our clan. And he said, over time, human beings' minds became hardwired to look for groups to be part of in competition with other groups. When I read that, I go, oh my goodness. I think we are hardwired to form these groups. Do we not form our teams? I mean, that's pretty, you know, passive sort of a group, but is it group? Cliques, clubs, neighborhoods, political parties, religious organizations. He said that it's good that we came together in groups because we really need to work together as human beings. But it becomes a problem when groups compete against one another and have to defeat one another. When I read that, I realized what Jesus is doing in today's text. He is inviting a revolution to rewire our human brains, to open us up to a different way of being together as human beings, to see people in other, quote, groups as valid and as human and as much created the image of God as we are. It's a difficult task. And you can see how we humans fall back into groupishness almost immediately after Jesus leaves us. Well, he's speaking to us through the centuries today, and he's inviting us to take our walls down, those barriers that we think separate us and make us 
saved, right, good, politically correct, take those down and open oneself up to the people around us. I don't know about you, but that's difficult for me. A revolution, not only in religion, but a revolution in human psychology and human anthropology. He's inviting us to change as human beings. Then, I get it. I now know why the second story is there. These two stories, one about the Pharisees and one about the children. Oh, now I know why they're coupled together. Little children come down to the front of the church. Sometimes I've done children's sermons where there's like 30 kids come up. And they often, once they get some excitement, all the kids are coming and I end up with one kid hugging one leg and another kid hugging the other leg and I'm trying to walk like this. And they're looking up at me, you know, and just wanting to receive. Just being there. Innocent. Naive, inclusive, no barriers. And Jesus said to the disciples and to the Pharisees who maybe were in the back of the room, this is what the kingdom of God is like, my friends, right in front of you. It's not about your rules, about who's divorced, who's married. It's not about that at all. It's not about how much money you give not about how many times you worship. It's not about your correct doctrine, you Lutherans. I spent four years studying doctrine, as if that's the defining metric for Christianity. And Jesus said, no, it's not. It's children. It's love. It's relationship. It's forgiveness. Jesus is speaking to us today. He's rewiring our brains. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy God, your word 